0: You're listening to a Pawn Further Review presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here, and thank you for joining us for a special edition of Upon Further Review, brought to you by the good people of Coors Light. Uh, Joined by my man Q Myers to talk all things roster reductions. Q, the Raiders, like every other team in the NFL, had to, by the 1 o'clock deadline today, go from the 80 limit, Raiders a little under that, to 53. We'll start here. We'll start with the obvious one. Alex Leatherwood, the first-round pick from a year ago, no longer uh, a member of the Silver and Black. And Q, 1-10, to surprise, not surprise, where do you come in?
1: Well, you know, I think it'll probably be maybe around a 5, you know, as far as surprise, only because we've heard the rumblings for a little while, and and we heard the rumblings that all options are on the table. And, you know, I really think that this regime gave him every option and opportunity to make the squad as a starting right tackle. And You know, we were out there every day for training camp. We were out there for the preseason games. We saw everything that he did, and I think that he worked really hard. It just seems like at some point in training camp, he lost his confidence. your confidence especially at that position it's hard to get it back so he's a young man he's only been in the league one year sometimes a change of scenery is all you need and so I think that he still has the tools there's a reason why he was drafted right he he has the tools to get it done he just didn't have the tools to get it done with the Raiders right now
0: yeah and I think you hit the nail on the head there man I think he just you know obviously from the outside looking in and as you know as much access as you and I have you know we're not in these guys heads we're not in the in those conference rooms where these big where these cuts and these decisions are are being made but to me it It really felt like Alex was a dude who kind of lost his mojo a little bit Mm -hmm. towards the end. Kind of just, I don't want to say ran out of gas, but just lost the oomph that he kind of had. And and let's make no mistake about it, right? We've all talked about it. We've Mm -hmm. all seen it. His rookie year featured a lot of good moments and a lot of moments that were not so good. Right. So I think to come into year two, understanding the pressure of like, yo, I got to perform, and I got to perform now, and I got to perform every single day. Right. Like I said, I don't want to get too much into his head at all, but right. it definitely felt like he's, he lost that something special somewhere along the way.
1: Yeah, and it did feel like that at the beginning of training camp, it looked like he was starting out on a pretty good note. you know. And it seemed like every time he met with us you know, during the media sessions, he was pretty up-tempo and pretty upbeat. And then there was a certain point where it just just... it kind of seemed like it broke a little bit right and I mean that happens you know and that's with every profession it's not just a football player if you don't have confidence in what you do if I can't go behind this microphone with confidence I'm not gonna do it very well right so I think it was just a confidence thing and again I think that the Raiders did him a favor maybe he gets picked up by a team now that maybe the expectations aren't sky high like the Raiders have and they allow him to develop this just to me was a situation where there's no time to develop. This is a team that's ready to win now.
0: And, and let's, I think it's important that we clarify, just for the sake of logistical right, transactional sure. stuff, is that Alex Leatherwood and the rest of the guys who were waived, right? Yep. Air quotes waived, are going to have a chance to go through waivers, yes. right? Meaning the uh, 31 other teams will have yep. a chance to put a claim in there. So there is a very real possibility that Alex Le- Leatherwood has a new home, a football home. 24 hours from right, now. Uh, and in speaking of just the designation between waived and, and released, all that stuff. Uh, head on over to raiders.com. We have it all laid out there. The entire release from our public relations staff. It is a lot of moves. So Q and I are not going to go through them <laughs> one by one by one. Uh, but yeah, for uh, just for everyone's clarity and to un- understand kind of what the next 24, 36 hours look like. Head on over to dot.com. Uh, our people there do a fantastic job. And, and Q, going back to the offensive line, and we, we started talking about Alex Leatherwood. It's what everyone is going to be talking about. chapter to rap sheet all those guys, right. including you and I. Yes. What I want to focus on is the guys that made the team. Yeah. Right? I, I think that it's important. You know, I think in moments like this, we really focus on the big, flashy headlines of the first rounder is not going to be on the team. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Well, I want to focus on the guys that essentially played him out of a job. Yeah. And I think the two that come to mind, first of all, uh, Jermaine Illuminor and Thayer Munford. Yeah. right. Two guys that are going to be on the, a part of this team, are going to be part of this program going forward. Those two guys in particular, I think it's going to be really interesting to see them battle out that right tackle position throughout uh, 2022.
1: It really will. And, you know, both guys have really good stories, in my opinion. And, you know, and stories don't make a roster, but I, they do have really good stories. You know, and I, I really respect Jermaine Illuminor. Uh, without really being prompted or asked, he came out and let it be known, like, hey, in Baltimore, I blew it. In New England, I blew it. Even last year with the Raiders when I had an opportunity, I kind of blew that opportunity. So I know what I have to do and step up and be the guy that they all expected me to. And for this regime who knew him from New England to still have the confidence to put him out there and say, hey, the, the slate is clean for you just like it's, it's clean for everybody else, I thought that that went a long way. And I really believe that Jermaine Illuminor took advantage of that. And then on the other hand, you look at Thayer Mumford. He's a seventh-round pick at yeah. Ohio State. Normally, when the guy's a seventh-round pick, you don't really look at him as a guy who you think is going to be competing for a starting job. But I feel like at some point this training camp, he was competing for a starting job, and who knows? You know what what he's going to end up doing uh, after today. You know, just knowing we haven't seen him in a little while, but still. The guy came out on his own as well and said, hey, you know, I was dealing with some issues that were, you know, some some mental health type issues. I went and saw Gene. I mean, I never knew who the counselor's name was until he yeah. brought it up. Now I know Gene's the guy. And he said, hey, they have a really good program here. And I just got out of my own head. And, you know, he credited some of his teammates. And he said, you know, I'm in a much better place right now. So, again, stories don't make rosters. But I like to see guys that make rosters that have stories.
0: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, one thing that you brought up that that kind of circled in my head is we've heard from Jumpstream from Josh and, and, yeah. and from Dave as well, that they were coming into this opportunity, but the, everyone was getting a, a, a clean slate, yeah. right? And you look at the moves they made today, I mean, just because someone's a first-round pick, just because someone's a seventh-round pick, just because right. someone's an undrafted free agent, like, that, that didn't mean anything to no. them. They were evaluating people objectively based on what have you done throughout training camp? What right. have you done in the off-season program? And what have you done over the course of the past month of the preseason? So I right. think that Dave and Josh deserve to be commended for really kind of sticking to their guns, mm-hmm. for owning what they've said from day one, yeah. and now putting it out in practice. You
1: know, that's the thing about it. You know, you always hear, you know, coaches and GMs when they take over a new job. They'll, coach they'll, they'll, speak, yeah, baby, it's coach speak, Yeah, coach speak. You'll hear man. what you yeah. hear, what you hear, what you hear, and then they won't, they won't practice what they preach. But looking up and down the roster, you could tell that these guys – Practice what they preach. You know, the guys with the most versatility, the guys that fit this team better with the vision that they have of how this team is going to move forward are the guys that are going to make the squad, regardless of where they were drafted, when they were drafted, you know, what the expectations were when they got drafted. It just, it doesn't matter. If you can go out there and play and help this team win, you're going to find a spot on the roster. And if you look up and down that roster, it's exactly what they have.
0: And speaking of other guys that made the team, uh, we finally have clarity on the wide receiver room. Yes. We've been, that's been something that we have all big talked about topic, a lot over the topic. past couple of weeks. Uh, and I will admit, and I've been pounding the uh, the Keelan Cole drum from day one, a little bit surprised, <laughs> mm-hmm. at me personally, that he's not going to be a part of this program going forward. However, big shout out to T-Billy and DJ Turner for doing enough to make this team.
1: Yeah, really. And DJ Turner was a guy that I was kind of on the fence with. I was thinking, well, you know, I just don't know if he's really an NFL wide receiver, but I know he has special teams return ability, so maybe that's the way. I mean, you know the guy's a burner, so he has an opportunity to, to just make the big play. But, uh, yeah, with Keelan Cole, I was surprised as well. But then I saw him in the preseason game on Friday night playing late into the game, right? And that's the fourth preseason game. So I thought, well, maybe that's a little bit of a sign of what's to come. And, look, I don't think this is anything against Keelan Cole. I just think it's tip of the cap to the guys that made it, right? The guys that made it, as you talked about with the offensive line, literally pushed him out of a job.
0: Yeah, and I think one you know we've talked about it a lot, especially over the past you know seven to ten days. There are going to be a lot of guys that were cut or waived today yeah. that are going to not they're not going to be jobless for very long. No, no, when, there's when we, a lot of guys. Yeah, when we wake up tomorrow and and the the notice comes through tomorrow, meaning mm-hmm. Wednesday, right. yeah, there's going to be a lot of former Raiders that are on fifty three man rosters, and I think Keelan Cole it very much kind of fits that mold.
1: Oh, I agree, hundred percent. And again, I, I mean, he was a guy that I was surprised to see playing in preseason game number four, but it goes back to the depth of that wide receiver room, and that's why it was such a topic that we talked about all training camp, you know. How are you going to make this decision? How are you going to, you know, find a find a you know a spot for everybody, or you know who's going to be the odd man out? Because there's a lot of dudes that are talented. And look, shout out to T. Billy. T. Billy is a guy who's a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he has his own fan club that I don't even know where it came from. Yeah, but I that's would, fine. I,
0: now that now that we know he's going to be here for a minute, I really think we need to dive into the a little bit more <laughs> right? because for a guy, and I mean this with all due respect, for a guy who hasn't necessarily found a ton of on-field success right. early in his career. Especially consistently, sure. right. Very early in his career in these right. first few chapters. This man <laughs> has a, a following, yes. a diehard fan club that right. is incredibly impressive.
1: It is. It really is. I mean, any day we were out at training camp and fans were there, you the, would- awesome. Did it Billy
0: calls? <laughs> like, T. Billy, yeah. yeah, that's all we heard.
1: And I mean, hey, again, shout out to him for yeah. somehow creating this uh, this fan club. I mean,
0: between him and Beyonce, man, I think they're they're right there neck and neck. I mean, at this point, T. Billy should, when he's done playing, just think about a career in politics. Right. Really start a grassroots movement <laughs> for whatever whatever platform he plans on on running on. But yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, uh, a big congratulations to him for yeah. putting it together. DJ Turner, another guy too. And I think yep. I was a little more bullish on TJ, or excuse me, DJ Turner making the fifty three than you were, just right. because. I know I sound like the broken record, the special teams ability no, you're right. that DJ has. And I think that when you look at this room now mm-hmm. and we finally have our, our final picture, at least for now, of right. what the wide receiver room looks like, DJ Turner brings something that's a little bit different than the, the other guys in there.
1: No, I agree. I agree. And that's that speed and speed kills. We know that, right? Shout out to Cliff Branch. Just uh, was enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, speed kills and DJ Turner has it. You know, he he turned a crossing route into what I thought was going to be a 15, 20 yard gain into a touchdown. Right. I mean, just with the ability and that's that's what speed does. You can't teach it. He has it. He has a big play ability. And the one thing about him that I saw and witnessed over the course of training camp and preseason he continued to just push, 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 push and want to get better and knew that the odds were kind of against him because, I mean, look, he's not the biggest dude in the world, no. right? So, I mean, that's already tough in the NFL. Uh, he knows that there's a lot of talent in that wide receiver room and he had to go out there and, and show what made him different, what separated him. That goes back to what you're talking about with special teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, DJ Turner, a guy who's listed at 5'9", right. 206. And that might be generous. Yeah, and I was, listen, I've been listed at 6'2". My entire life. <laughs> right. and I'm not even getting close to there. Right. Uh, but what I think really excites me about DJ, and now as we kind of like look ahead to yeah, the regular season. I think Josh McDaniels can do some really, really interesting mm-hmm. things with him. And we saw it a little bit in the preseason, right? right. Having him operate out of the backfield, putting him in motion, yeah. doing all these kinds of things. And like I said, look, talent wise, you are never going to think that DJ Turner is Devontae Adams. You're right. not. No. Like, we understand that. No. But he does bring something very unique. And that skill set, right. combined with Josh McDaniels' like, offensive acumen, I think that he has the chance to be a really kind of fun, interesting Swiss Army knife. I you think. can get
1: him the ball anywhere. Yep. As long as he has the ball in his hands, he can make something happen. And that's that's a unique talent. Everyone can't do that. Like you said, line up in the backfield, line up in the slot, end around. Whatever the case may be, he can do it.
0: And you need to have guys like that right. who also contribute on special teams to yep. fill out at 53 and to have your 46 guys on game day because he, the more you can do, the better.
1: He's a guy that when he's on the field, other defenses, I'm not, they're not going to look at him like Devontae Adams like you mentioned, but they'll say – Watch him because he because they know he's got the speed yeah. and he has the big play ability. So they're gonna pay attention to him. And if they pay attention a little bit, a slight second longer, that might open up someone else as well.
0: And, and you gotta respect that too. You mm. got like if you're a defensive coordinator, like you right. said, he's not gonna get a hundred targets. This no, year, anything no, like no. That. But you gotta respect the fact that yo, this dude, if they can get him in the right position, is faster than our guy. And right. like that's as simple and and kind of rudimentary as that is. If you're a defensive coordinator, you gotta be able to account for that. So right. I think it's he's as I said. A very interesting piece. I'm excited he's on this mm-hmm. 53-man roster, and I cannot wait until week one to see what kind of wrinkles Josh throws, at, throws his way.
1: Right, well, it's going to be the wild, wild west in the AFC West, yeah. right? With all the talent that's on all these teams in the AFC West, I mean, you can never have too much skill, you can never have too many big playability, and, and that's what D.J. Turner brings to the table.
0: Uh, speaking of uh, sticking with the SEAL guys for a second, uh, I think both you and I surprised in a good way that all these backs, <laughs> uh, excluding uh, Austin Walter, right. uh, managed to make this team. Yep. I, you know, I, I thought... I think if we were to have this conversation two weeks ago, I thought, okay, maybe you can sneak Britton Brown through on waivers, right, right. get him back to the practice squad. And also another thing, the practice squad will be coming out in the coming days, so you know a lot of we're saying goodbye to a lot of people, right. but there's a good chance that we're going to be welcoming uh, a lot of these guys back. Right. But after what Britton Brown did these final couple preseason games, mm-hmm. I don't think there was any chance this dude was going to clear waivers. Yeah,
1: that's how I felt too. And it's funny when I put together my little 53 man because you know we all sure, have to do course. it. You know, we're not going to get it right, but we have to do it. I reluctantly put him on the practice squad, and I said, I know. It's As I do that, he's going to get snatched up by another team. But I just felt like the running back room was so packed, and it's another conversation we've had all training camp long. What do you do with all this talent, right? I mean, they just there's so much talent, and Brendan Brown has really been proven that the guy he was at UCLA a year ago, when he was averaging about six yards a carry. Is who he could be in the NFL. Not necessarily that all the time, but he could be a, a NFL running back. There's no doubt about it. So I'm glad they found a way to keep him. I think he's going to be a, a big asset.
0: And, and then talk we talked about earlier about how Josh and Dave have been true to their word and, and you know kind of being who they are. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing that we saw from all of Josh's teams in New England, they like to keep yes. a lot of backs. And not only do they keep a lot of backs, they utilize a lot right. of backs. And I think that's very much going to be the case this year in Las Vegas. And especially when you go through that room now, right. that room is nuts. You go Josh, Zamir, Britton Brown. Amir Abdullah <laughs> right Jakob, I think I got them all did I miss anyone uh, Brandon Bolden Brandon Bolden <laughs> I forgot another, about like, him but, yeah. it, but it really is we talk about all the wide receivers kind of having, oh. bringing something a little bit different to the table mm-hmm. I mean you could have that exact same conversation with the running backs too
1: well no no doubt no doubt about it and it's one thing it's going to keep everybody fresh all the time right someone's always going to be fresh someone's always going to be ready to go Josh I believe is going to obviously be the, the workhorse if you say workhorse but with so many guys and look every game every one of these guys is not going to be going to be available. They won't all dress out every single game, but still, you know that throughout the course of an 18-week and 17-game season, you're going to have a fresh running back, and a guy that can get it done, and you don't look at it and say, oh, Josh isn't in there. Man, the talent level just dropped a lot.
0: And I think what's what's great, as we kind of like now look out to the next 17, 18, 19 weeks, whatever it is, uh, to your point, you're always going to have healthy bodies, yep. but I think that when we get towards November, December, and historically speaking, right, mm-hmm. in the NFL, if you want to have success in, in the early winter, whatever it is you got to be able to run the ball. You're going to be going to places where the weather isn't super conducive to throwing the football 75 times, and you have to be able to control the line of scrimmage. Well, it helps when you have a really fresh (laughs) Josh Jacobs. It helps when you have Zumaire White, who hasn't been hit 700 times in the first nine weeks of the year. So I think that Josh and Dave playing the long game, Mm -hmm. but it'll be really fun, too, to see kind of week by week the the change in the plan and how they kind of put each individual guy in, in a position to succeed based on who the opponent is.
1: That's the thing right there. That's the biggest key. You hit it on the head based on who the opponent is and who's the better matchup. And that's the one thing that, as I've done a lot of research this uh, off-season, training camp, preseason, everything, on who Josh McDaniels is as a play caller, he is great with the matchups. And that's not just game to game. That's series to series. Play to play. Like he'll see what uh, you know everyone's doing. The defense is doing, and he'll switch up what he's doing. You know, and it just it's it's a credit to him to being almost a mad scientist where he's able to go into the lab quickly on the sideline and figure out. Okay, this isn't working. Let's go to this, and then it works.
0: I think really my only big question, and and big is much too big of a word. Okay. But I wonder, like fourth and one, mm-hmm. who's getting that ball on the goal line? Is it Yaka, um, You think, or do they? I think, is it I, think Zamir?
1: I think that Yaka will get it a little bit, uh, but I think that you'll see. I think you'll see either Zamir or Josh. I mean, I think those are your two power backs. I mean, I really do. And. Uh, Brandon Bolden. I think he's going to a guy that's going to you know catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. Amir Abdullah. I think he's going to be kind of a Swiss Army knife. He just do whatever and get the ball in his hands, and he he makes it go. But yeah, I look at Josh Jacobs and Zamir as the two guys that are just going to pound it uh, in there and get that fourth and one. And then oh by the way, Britton Brown's there as well. Yeah, that's true. I mean like an, an <laughs> another ba- option. yeah,
0: a wealth of uh, a wealth of opportunity and a wealth of, of resources for uh, for Derek Carr at the line of scrimmage there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one thing as we kind of zoom out, I know we've talked about uh, we talked about Weatherwood at the top yeah. and the fact that he's not going to be here. I think it is important to bring up the fact, though, that every single member of the Raiders' draft class this year made the fifty-three. Right, and that is a very unique uh, thing in the NFL, and that's not you know not a bad thing at all. But you just look at the way the teams are built now, and you know a sixth-round pick doesn't make it, or a seventh-round pick Mm -hmm. gets hurt, whatever it is, starts the season on IR. All of all six of the Raiders' draft picks. Are going to be on this first 53, and that's pretty impressive.
1: It really is, but look how they were built. You know, look how Dave Ziegler and company decided to build it through the draft. They they attacked the trenches and they got the running game going right. I mean, you got two offensive linemen, you got two defensive tackles, and then you got a uh, you got two running backs. So I mean, that's that's areas that they wanted to make sure that they had covered. They they knew the offensive line was a work in progress. The defensive tackles, they wanted to make sure they could stop the run. And I think both guys that they got in uh, Farrell Jr. and uh, also Butler, I think those guys are not only going to contribute this. Year, but going to be big-time players later on, you know, and I think that that's, that's really good for them, but yeah, I just noticed the way that they got them in twos, I thought, you know what, all these guys are, have an opportunity to contribute, and I think I think we see all of them contribute this year.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're 100% right, and I think, you know, I, I don't want to say like the wild card at all, but I am interested to see where kind of Thayer Mumford kind of yeah. plugs into this mm-hmm. situation. I mean, I feel like we have a pretty good idea of what, of what to expect from Parham and yeah. the running backs and those kind of guys, but Thayer Mumford, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, a guy who a few weeks ago felt like he might be on that in- inside track to getting right. the starter right tackle obviously the injury bug had something a little bit a uh, little bit different to say in that regard but i, I am curious when he's healthy yeah. when he's 100 percent right where he kind of figures in um but switching to the defensive side of the ball for a high second another pleasant surprise darian butler and yeah. luke masterston yep. sticking around i thought it was going to be one or the other if yeah. i was a betting man which i'm not i had my money on mr butler but really congrats, i did really i did Because, similar to you, where I was like, man, we've seen a lot of Luke Masters in this final final preseason game. That's true. But congratulations to both of them. Two uh, undrafted rookies sticking around in silver and black.
1: Yeah, and at the linebacker position, right? And that's been an area of need for the Raiders for a very Mm -hmm. long time. I mean, you see that they had to go out and make a move for Denzel Perryman to bring him in last year, which was a great move. He ended up being a pro bowler. But, you know, if you look at the long long game, like we've talked about with uh, Dave Ziegler before, he's playing the long game. These guys have an opportunity to grow with this team. Masterson, I think, and what I saw firsthand on on Sunday, on Friday, excuse me, I couldn't stop raving about that interception he had because he did everything technically sound, right? I mean, you could put that play on a cut-up for a, a coach and say, look, linebackers, this is what you do. This is how you run this play. Everything he did from the drops to the slide step to being in the right position, allowing his teammate also to make a play to set him up so he can go get that interception. I thought he's done some really good things, especially wearing the green dot. As an undrafted free agent that, oh, by the way, is moving from safety to linebacker, I think that's a big deal as well, right? Something that's probably not talked about enough, but both guys, man. I, uh, it's so, so funny putting my 53-man roster together. I said, just like you said, it's one or the other. It's not both. When I got down to it, and this is why I'd be a terrible GM, I was like, I just can't cut one. I'm going to keep him. I'll cut someone else somewhere else. i got to keep both guys. So I kept both guys, but I did it reluctantly. I thought Butler was going to end up being gone.
0: But I think the the one thing that's, that was really interesting about Masterson is that he's wearing the green dot. Mm-hmm. And we were so spoiled last year with Denzel Perryman. Right. right. I mean, just send him out there. Yeah. You know exactly what he's going to get. The odds are Denzel Perryman's going to miss a series here or there, and mm-hmm. you have to feel good. You have to be yep. comfortable about – Whoever it is that's going to come in, and Mm -hmm. and whether Luke Masterson actually ends up being that guy, we will have to wait and see. But man, the fact that you guys, you have multiple people now on this roster, that Mm -hmm. if you're Dave Ziggler, if you're Josh McDaniels, if you're Patrick Graham, and say, hey we need someone to give uh, Denzel just a little bit of time to get his mind right, get, get right, his body right, back. Right, right. Here you go, and you know that the ship isn't going to go down.
1: Exactly. I'm excited about the youth that they have at that linebacker position. Again, that's something that you know Raider Nation could tell you, that linebacker has been a question mark for a very long time. There's been multiple times in the draft when the Raiders have tried to address it, and it just hasn't worked out. But you get these two guys as undrafted free agents. I mean, think about that. You're getting them an undrafted free agents, and they have an opportunity to grow with the team, and by the way, get some burn this year as well. And I do think you'll see Masterson play, and you'll probably Play quite a bit, right? And, and Butler as well. And I think Butler having that experience with Antonio Pierce, the linebackers coach, does not hurt. You know, he he knows the 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 way that Antonio Pierce coaches. He knows what he means. I mean, the language. It's just the familiarity. You know, comfortable. I, th- I think all that makes a lot of sense. So they they got some good ones right there.
0: And then we talk about looking ahead and, and DZ playing the long game. These are guys that are gonna, that are going to be on <laughs> team friendly contracts for a minute. Yeah, for a minute. So exactly. if you hit on one of the two. Yep. Now that gives you the opportunity, it gives you the flexibility to maybe address other needs of your mm-hmm. roster where you have to maybe dip into the pocketbook a little bit. Right. So I mean I, I, I'm like the biggest advocate of like the the UDFAs and the and the special teamers, mm-hmm. but like it is important to hit on some of these guys. You don't have to hit on 9 or 10, right. but you got to get a few.
1: Well, the good teams do that. That's what the good teams do. I mean, the good teams, they can afford to trade a first round pick because they'll hit on that 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 undrafted free agent. They'll hit on that late round pick and you see them all around the league, you know, you always wonder, how does this team, how can this team afford to do this? How can this team afford to do that? Because they hit on guys that aren't drafted they hit on guys that are lower level and they're on those team friendly deals so they can uh, put a little bit more money into the quarterback position or the left tackle position or a wide receiver there's different options that they have when they do a good job of scouting and getting guys that other other teams aren't looking at
0: yeah and I think that's where and you know the Raiders is such a rich tradition of yep. hitting on these udfas mm-hmm. I mean you look at, yeah. at AJ Cole's a perfect example right uh, Marcel Reese yep. another perfect example Donald Penn a guy who had a really nice career here wasn't a, uh, a Raiders undrafted agent, right. but a guy coming through the undrafted rent- Yep. Right, we see it year after year after year that you there is such value there. Mm. Jalen Richard, another right, guy who he was example. here for a minute. He was yeah, and he was like only nice in for a,
1: a weekend, a weekend yeah, tryout. Yeah, yeah, man, he was he was like, hey,
0: I got one call. I'm going to go see what happens, <laughs> right. and uh, you know, you wake up four years later, and you're like, oh, I had a nice little nice little run, nice little run here yep. in the silver and black. So it is important. Uh, I think that there's value there, and to your point, the good teams, the ones that kind of have that flexibility, mm-hmm. when that moment comes, because that moment comes for every team, every contending team, says, hey. We we feel like we're close, yep. but we need X. Do we have the financial flexibility right. to go get X? Well, it helps when you got these guys on the roster.
1: We you, we need Devonte Adams. Yeah. So you go get Devonte Adams. That means you got to hit somewhere else, right? 100%. So if you if you're able to get a couple undrafted free agents and they're guys that can grow with this team, then hey, then you did your job. And even not having a pick until you know the third round when they did, but you know you get a guy in Dylan Parham it looks like he could play three different positions. That's almost like getting three draft picks, right? Yeah. I mean, there they're, the the keys that they laid out when they took over the job and they said, this is what we're looking for. It wasn't what, like we said at the top of the show, it wasn't coach speak. It was exactly what they wanted, and they went out and got exactly who they needed.
0: Uh, and another guy I just want to give a little bit of love to, Sam Webb. Yes. Man, Sam Webb. Yep. And, I, and I'll be honest, I, when I was doing my 53, he mm. was one of the real question, like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, like, what do we do with Sam Webb? Right. Credit to him, man, for doing enough, showing the staff enough that, hey, I'm going to stick around here. I'm going to be a part of this program.
1: You know, and he might have, I don't know if he did or not, because obviously we'll never know, but he might have stolen the job on Friday night, that fourth preseason game, because he played a lot. He did play a lot, yeah. but he played sound. He played really well. Uh, you saw his coverages were perfect, and he took a lot of pride in what he was doing as well. You could see that he didn't want to give up anything. You know, he was really fighting with the wide receivers out there. He was playing some good ball, and I remember, uh, you know, all weekend long, like, man, that's Sam Webb. He really he really showed out. So I thought that that was uh, – he played a, a, some good, solid ball, and I don't know when he, he won a job, but I know what he did on Friday night didn't hurt.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, that'll be interesting to hear someone – you know, ask D Z and Champ about yeah. that later this week about hey, where what were what was the moment for a couple of these guys? I think Sam Wood's a perfect example. Yeah. But like what was that moment with, with Britton Brown? Right. Right. There had to be something where yeah. they where they looked at each other in the box and they're like, well He's not going anywhere now, right? So Can't I think get rid that, of him. yeah, I think that that's like a really interesting thing to kind of go down as we and as now we have what twelve days, eleven days, whatever it is, before like the that. start of the man. Season. Look, I lost, I lost the I track, track of the
1: date about twelve weeks ago. I know, <laughs> uh, dude. Like... I'm with you, bro. I'm with
0: you. <laughs> How
1: long has training camp and preseason been going? Nineteen long? weeks. It feels like it's I been. Was, I feel like we already gone through a season.
0: <laughs> I was 22 years old when this training camp started, you. <laughs> right, I was 22. There you go. Uh, real quick though, uh, tight ends keeping three. You got Foster, Darren, and Jesper Horstead. I yeah. think a bit of a, a I don't want to say a pleasant surprise, but a bit of a, oh, okay, good for you, man. Well, you know, the
1: way that, that Josh McDaniels likes to run uh, his offense, you know, you're going to see multiple uh, two two tight end sets, yeah. and, and you want a guy that's a blocker as well. And So I think that that's really where, where Jesper, uh, you know, he, he, he uh, butters his bread, right? He's able mm. to be a, a good blocker as well. So uh, that makes sense. I actually had four on my uh, final 53 just because I thought that they were going to need multiple blockers, especially with the question marks at the offensive line. I thought maybe that can help out as well. But three, that makes sense. Yeah,
0: I'm with it. Yeah. Uh, and to your point, uh, Mr. Horse, a guy who can contribute on special teams. Yeah, too. like absolutely. you need to have you gotta your, have your, your third tight end. You gotta be a dude who can uh, yep. contribute on special teams. Uh, Jackson Barton. Also makes the team. My guy. Yes, good guy, guy that's, man.
1: That's my dude. It's so funny. I always had a, a vision of him. I saw him one time in training camp, and he looked over. Someone called his name from the, one of the fans or something. He looked over, and he looked like such a mean dude, right? And then I talked to him in the locker room the other day, and it was like, man, he seemed like just the coolest, like a big teddy bear, man. He was a super cool dude, though. He was very, you know, he just... Just just happy to be there and said, hey, man, I left everything out there on the field. And, look, he had a really good training camp. He had a really good preseason. I thought he did a good job at the tackle position. So I was happy to see Jackson and made the squad.
0: Yeah, and another thing, and, you know, it's just the reality of the NFL, is that this is a guy now who's one, you know, sprained ankle, yep. one, you know, bum knee away from being like, all right, man, like, I'm glad you're happy to be here, but <clears throat> you got to go, go to work now. Yep. you got to go to work big time. Exactly,
1: yeah. So I, I think that they they made a good decision keeping Jackson. Like I said, I thought he put in some really good uh, film during the preseason and training camp and really went out there and earned that job and kept his head down and just grinded, grinded, and grinded. And that's all you can ask, man. That's all you can ask is these guys to go leave it all out there on the field. And I'll say this, man, following that fourth preseason game, even though four preseason season games seem like so many games, Yeah. I And I asked uh, head coach Josh McDaniels' following on Saturday. I said, hey, man, how pleased were you with just the effort from your guys? Because nobody looked like it was the fourth preseason game and they were just trying to get it over with. They looked like they were leaving all everything out there on the field. And he said that's exactly what they did. So he was really pleased with that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he should. And I think you know he should also be pleased with the work that him and Dave Ziegler have done yeah. over the past couple months, making it – I can't imagine that it was a very fun or easy <laughs> past right. 36 hours no, for those guys. No. I mean – The beauty of putting together a really good roster is you got a really good roster. The kind of, not bad side, but the flip side of that is got some really, really Mm -hmm. tough decisions. And the Raiders let some objectively good football players uh, walk out of this building over the the past couple weeks. But that is a credit to how good this roster is and how good this roster has a chance to be going forward.
1: Yeah, that's something I said a couple weeks ago, that when the Raiders make their final cuts, it's going to be some talented dudes walk out the building. And, again, it's not anything that they did. It's just the other guys did it better. Yeah. You know, or, or the, you know, the powers that be, the front office decided that this guy has more – he provides more different options for us, and so he can help us in more, more different ways and capacities. And so it's just the nature of the beast, you know. I mean, when you go back to Keelan Cole, he's a very talented wide receiver, really good player just got beat out by some guys that were just look like a little hungrier and, and could provide a little bit more uh, versatility. And that's that's the name of the game.
0: And like I said, I think the ultimate compliment to the, the job that DZ and Josh have done is that I don't think and Cole is going to be jobless for no, very long. I don't think all. a lot nope. of these guys that nope. the Raiders parted ways with are going to be jobless for very long. And we talked about it at the top too, like – don't, don't sleep on the fact that a lot of these guys can come back to the yeah, practice squad, especially true. with the way the practice squad designations are, where you have those veteran spots for a guy like a and Cole. Not yep. saying it's going to be him. But in years past, you didn't have the ability have to bring Vets. some of those guys back. Yeah. Now you can. Right. So it'll be very, very interesting to see who does end up back here later this week. Uh, before we get out of here, though, Q, uh, just some late-breaking news per Adam Schefter. Trayvon Mullen uh, is now on his way to Arizona, reportedly. Yeah. Uh, and I think that'll be interesting. Uh, I to see kind of what Trayvon does in kind of this next chapter, but I think maybe his departure freed up a roster spot for a Sam Webb or someone like that.
1: I agree, I agree. And Trayvon Mullen was a very talented dude, or is a very talented dude coming out of Clemson. I remember I was pretty excited about you know him getting that opportunity because I thought, man, this guy could play, right? I just I remember everything he was able to do in Clemson. I still remember his first start against the Houston Texans, right? I mean, I remember being there in the building and you know asking him after the game, like, man, how how did it feel to get out there? Man, it felt good and you know, he he just looked apart. Unfortunately for Trayvon Mullen, the last season we saw was just a bunch of injuries and that's that's, you know, if your best ability is availability, and no one likes to hear it, but it's a reality.
0: Yeah, and we, we talk about, you know, guys that maybe just need a, a, a new a new yeah. environment, right? Mm-hmm. They need a, a fresh set of circumstances, and, and Trayvon was always incredible with us. Right. Uh, I think, obviously, we're a little biased for a lot of these guys or towards a, a, little, a bunch of these guys in a good way. But, of like, he was great to deal with, man. We wish him nothing but success. Yep. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see the compensation the Raiders do ultimately get back for him. Uh, and kind of another thing to ask Dave and Champ about it is kind of what – that decision, kind of what the repercussions of it were for guys that made this 53-man roster.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, that's it. And, you know, in and, and some reason, and the cornerbacks that made the roster obviously made this availability possible. You know, if they didn't feel comfort com- comfortable with those guys, they wouldn't have made this kind of a move, right? So that's a good question to ask. And just, you know, what was maybe the tipping point or whatever? But, you know, shout out to Trayvon Mullen. I think he's a very young, talented dude and still, again, a young dude going into the final year of his contract. So, you know, contract year is usually – Get the best of guys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe uh, Arizona's going to be getting a really good one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the way out, Q, you look at this 53-man roster, and I think it's very important that we really hammer this home. The roster will change. Yes. The roster is yes. a living, breathing, fluid yes. organism. Right. 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 Uh, But we look at the 53 today as Mm -hmm. we record on a Tuesday, question mark? Tuesday (laughs) afternoon. (laughs) As we we record on a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. Kind of just your biggest takeaway from this initial 53. Oh, I just think it's a very
1: talented squad, right? I think that the Raiders have a very talented team that's ready to go out there and compete. And I think that every... Uh, position group looks like it's pretty solid. Like, I don't look at any position group and say, ooh, that's going to be a big problem, including the offensive line. I think that there's some really good guys on the offensive line that now have to continue to grind and grow together. You know, the offensive line and the continuity is the most important thing. So now they have a couple weeks before the season opener against the Chargers to get together and say, okay, we've got to become one great unit. We all made the team. Now let's get together and be one solid unit because the weapons that are on this team could be special. we got to protect D.C.
0: Yeah, 100%. And we have talked about it a lot, a lot, a lot. I think ultimately that is what this is going to come down to. Yep. Can you give Derek Carr time to operate and do his thing and right. get the football to all these incredible weapons that Dave Ziegler and company have uh, have kind of assembled? I think for me, when I look at this init- initial roster, Q, yes, this is an exciting roster. This mm-hmm. is a talented roster. I think you can make a very fair and reasonable argument. This is the most talented uh, 53-man roster Raiders fans have seen in a long time. Very no, long no time. I think for me, though, and as crazy as it sounds, I look forward to even 2023 and beyond now. You look at kind of this young nucleus. We talked about every single Raiders draft pick from this year made the 53-man roster. There is a lot of exciting young players Mm -hmm. on this team. You talked about the offensive line having a chance to grow together. We're going to see this young core, this young nucleus, you know, with the peppering of that really important veteran, savvy veteran contribution, but I'm really excited for what this team looks like this year, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But let's build this out 12, 24 right. months. I mean, the Raiders have the chance, and look, they got to go out and they got to do it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But they have the chance to build something really, really uh, exciting and fundamentally sound, and it started with this first 53.
1: Yeah, and that's the that's the goal for every team, right? Is to go out there and not just be good for one year. They want to have that consistency. They want to have that you know that team that can grow for you year on top of year so every time you go into the regular season it's like yeah that's a playoff team right there because they've been a playoff team for the last eight years or whatever the case may be right i mean that's we, see, you that, we see that with
0: teams in the division too exactly
1: that's what i'm saying you want to continue to build that and the one thing i know about this regime based off what they've done at other places is at certain points they have so much talent continuing to rotate in they're willing to let someone walk maybe a year early maybe a year earlier than they normally would because they have a very talented dude coming up behind them this team has, to your credit, a lot of young talent coming up behind some of the savvy uh, veterans that they have as well.
0: Yeah, it's going to be an exciting time, and now yeah. it's all ahead to week one, right? It's getting through this. Let's next, go! And it's, not, <laughs> and it's next 10, 11 days, right? right? Seeing kind of how the roster kind of you know, changes and, and morphs, but man, now it's all eyes on the Chargers. I cannot wait. Yeah. Uh, big thank you to Q for coming to hang out today. Make sure you listen to him on Raider Nation Radio, 2 to 5, uh, and, and in the Raiders app, of course. Absolutely. would love for you to listen to it. Uh, but yeah, man, you do a fantastic job. Big shout out to you and the 920 crew. Uh, big Thank you to Ray for keeping us operational. Alexandra and everyone else back in the control room. And whew, it's time to go, Q. It is. It's time to do it. We feel good. Let's time to rock. So Freddie Pascal, Q, Ray, everyone else here. Thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. And we will catch you guys next week back on our normal day because we're gonna be in regular season mode for our first put it in caps, Ray, our first regular season edition of Upon Further Review.